Well, I don't know if you've noticed the changes up here. There's a big pool up here. That's a change. And you probably saw we've got the video cameras showing the big pool, which was pretty cool, yes. Um, but look at this. Look at this. See this? Did anyone notice this? The cupboards and it's got acoustic panels on it. So you can see if it bounces backwards and forwards. And I'll show you how cool this is. Over here we had a sink over here for communion preparation. Now look at this. Watch this. We're going to get handles. Whoa, look at this. Whoa, this is incredible. And there's the sink. But look at this. This is even better. Whoa. It's a shark vac. This is, this is the vacuum cleaner we use at home. It's a, it's a, she's a little ripper. Whoa. She goes. There's no vacuum cleaner. Oops. Let me, let me tell you about our shark vac. This bit down here, that's where the whirly bit goes and it sucks all the dirt up. And then you've got this bit here. You can actually take this bit off. Let's have a look here. Um, and she looks a lot better without it, don't you think? Why did they throw this on it? Why would you put this on a vacuum cleaner? That looks so much cleaner. It's a bit lighter. You know the bit that really annoys me when I'm vacuuming? I hate this bit. It keeps getting in the way. So when I am vacuuming, I think this is useless. I don't know why they would bother putting this on a vacuum cleaner, right? You've got little bits that do nothing. Who needs two filters? Who needs one filter? What do they do that for? I don't understand. Look, look at my vacuum cleaner now. Let's see if it works. Hey! It's kind of turbocharged now, isn't it? So much better. The vacuum, the shark vac. Well, look, you may think I'm an idiot, and maybe I am. <laughs> but that's sort of like the extra filter, and this is the extra, extra filter. And I think you actually need this because this collects all the dirt and dust. And this is the power cord, and it actually doesn't work. It will look like a vacuum cleaner, but it won't work without this. And there's motors and all sorts of stuff in it plus the head. And there's even little bits like here, there's a little sealy bit there that means dust doesn't go everywhere because everything has its place in my shark vac. What's that got to do with anything? I'm trying to show you a shark vac. That's yours for $1,000. Come and see me later. <laughs> if you want. We're doing a series on Belong, Your Place in the Family of God. We looked at God as a relational God. That God actually wants a relationship with us and therefore to belong. We looked at God is an adoptive God. Actually, God calls us into his family and we are found in Christ and we are sons and daughters of the living God and sons and daughters with other brothers and sisters in the family. Last week, we looked at that God's a gathering God, that God's always purposed to gather people together. So as Christians, we're to be gathering together to encourage one another on a regular basis because that's what God's doing. Today, we're talking about belong, the body of of Christ. Now there are lots of metaphors used in the Bible to describe what it means to be a Christian. We are branches in a vine that are called to be fruitful. We are stones or bricks in a temple building, building up for the whole temple. We are people of a kingdom. We're citizens of a kingdom, the kingdom of God. We are sheep in a flock that Jesus tends. We are family, brothers and sisters. 
of the Father uh, and with the Father. Now they all have one thing in common, these metaphors, and that is they are all meant to be corporate. You're part of something bigger, a corporate gathering. If the, I think if I was, if God by his spirit used me to help write part of the Bible, I think I would have said that the church is a vacuum cleaner and that we are all a necessary part. But the Holy Spirit knew better than that because the church is a living being. So perhaps the most prominent image in the Bible of what the church is and what the church is like is that the church is a body. Indeed, it is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You particularly see this in the Apostle Paul's writing. So he says in Ephesians, And God placed all things under Jesus Christ's feet and appointed to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Or if you go to Colossians, And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. And there are many, many more references to the church as the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is one thing that all of these metaphors, particularly this body of Christ metaphor, emphasize. And I've already said it. That is that the body is corporate. In other words, the unity of the body comes before, prior to the individuality of the parts, the people. That is, Christian life is corporate before it is individual. Now that, for many of us, will be a hard concept to swallow. Because we've been so shaped by Western thought and by our culture, where the starting point of everything is always taken first as the individual, the unit. So the world, therefore, begins with me. I am at the centre. I process everything. And if I join a gathering, join a club, join a group, then I as the individual make that choice and I then shape the group or choose not to shape the group and leave or stay distant because I am the centre. I'm struggling with glasses and distance and all that sort of stuff. So um, to look at my notes... Um, so when we come to church, all often, often our paradigm is that I am the center. And what really matters actually is I'm a Christian and therefore I have a relationship with God through Jesus, me and God. And if I go to a gathering, if I join a community, a church, that is my choice. And I shape the church or choose not to shape the church. But actually in the Bible, it's completely the other way around. And in almost every other society, in our world, throughout history, the paradigm is reversed. You don't start as the individual shaping community. You are part of community. You are part of gathering, part of society, part of family. And that shapes you. And that's the starting point. And you only begin to understand your own individuality out of the context of community. And so when we come to the New Testament, when we come to the Bible, that's the paradigm that's assumed. 
Corporate is where we start. Community is where we start. And then you find yourself as an individual within community. And let me say that even in the West, that's how it works. We just live with this almost lie that I'm at the centre. Until you find yourself out of favour with community and you get all stressed. We're relational beings. We're made for community. We're made for society. And we find our place, our identity within community. Not starting with us. It just doesn't work. The New Testament is essentially corporate. Biblical religion speaks of a people. The people of God. It says there's those who are in Adam and those who have been saved who are now in Christ. There is the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. So there is no concept anywhere in the Bible of an isolated individual Christian who just doesn't need church or the people of God. You will never find that. God gathers his people together under his rule. That is normative. When we come to reading Romans, which we had read for us so well by Tony, we start with what we often see as a call to individual holiness. So There's my picture, sorry. We start with what is a call to individual holiness. That's what we often read this as. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will, His good, pleasing and perfect will. In other words, you, individual Christian, be righteous and holy and sacrifice. But the word you in English is singular and plural. If, you're, if, you're, if you speak bad grammar, if you use bad grammar, you might say, as an Aussie, you might say, you's going to go to my party. It's a plural you. If I'm from the South in America, I say, y'all going to come to my party. It's a plural you. Many languages have a singular and a plural you. Every use of the you in this passage and almost every use of you in the New Testament when the letters is a plural you. Y'all, yous. Present yours bodies as living sacrifice. We address the church corporate and call the church corporate to holiness, to sacrifice, because church and Christianity is essentially corporate. You see, Christians are not golfers. They're not tennis players. You know, I can get all the golfing gear and I can go down to the, the drive the range and I can just have a whole game by myself, week after week, and the only person I compete against is myself. I can play tennis and only ever play singles. I do need an opponent. But Christians are not tennis players. Christians are hockey players. We're, we're cricket players. I'm a hockey player. Yeah, I've got all the gear. I've got shin guards. I've got this great stick and the ball. And I go down to the park and, man, you should see me. I'm scoring goals here. I'm scoring goals there. 
I'm doing it all by myself. I'm basically an nincompoop running around the hockey field thinking that I'm playing hockey. Or cricket. You can bowl a cricket ball in the nets by yourself, but you're not playing cricket. You cannot be a Christian without starting with the team. The hockey player is only a hockey player because of the team. The Christian is only a person of Jesus because of the team. Because they belong as part of the team and they're needed as part of the team. And that identity, that team, finds its expression in a local church like this one and like many others. As Christians gather around Jesus in his word. Again, it is stating the obvious. But if you are part of the church and you are part of the body of Christ... And the body of Christ is a light living and it's active. And the local expression of the body of Christ is living and active. It must be the church is alive. Eric referred to 1 Corinthians 12 earlier and read a little bit of it, where Paul says that you've got one spirit binding you together. You are one people. Yes, someone might be a hand and someone might be a foot and an ear and an eye, but you need each other. You need to function together as one body. He uses exactly the same imagery here in Romans chapter 12. Paul writes, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So the ear stands alone and says, um, you guys would be nowhere without me. He wouldn't know what's going on. So I'm a little bit better than everybody else. And the foot says, you guys are going nowhere without me. You need me to go do anything. I think I'm a bit better and you should all be looking after me more than anybody else. And I should be getting the praise and the glory. See, it's, 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 it's a silly, silly, silly thing to do. And when we exalt ourselves, when the, the suction head I'm, says, I'm the most important part of the vacuum cleaner, I'm far more important than the motor, that's just stupid. And it actually, if the suction head didn't have the motor, the vacuum's dead. We throw it away. This carnal pride of exalting ourselves in community life, kills community life. As if everything depends upon me. As if I'm at the centre and I need praise for what I do. And why aren't I getting what I deserve? It kills life. And the opposite is just as bad. This sense that oh, I've got nothing to contribute. You know, I'm just that little suctiony bit that seals up the little attachment. I'm just so insignificant. No, they wouldn't mind if they didn't have me and then they're vacuuming and dust is everywhere and everyone's coughing because that little piece wasn't there. This sense that um, I'm just going to sit back and I'm not going to contribute because there's nothing, there's no, no need for me. Well, that's just lazy indulgence in many ways, isn't it? If you're part of the body, we all belong. We're all necessary, it says here. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, yeah, I got that. The hand doesn't do what the ear does. 
So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. What's our theme this year? It's belong. You belong to one another. If you have a skizzy around the room, it's a bit scary, I know. But you belong to one another. And you form one body, and you don't all have the same function. But you are needed. If Penno is your church home, and I know we've got visitors with us today, if this is your church home, that is not an accident. God has put you here for a purpose to do what this church is called to do corporately. We are longing this year as part of our theme for you to find and know your place and to belong and to contribute. And not to do that is actually a denial of the body because the body works together and every part does its thing. And if you're not doing your part and you are part of this family, this body, then you will be missed. You know, say I lost my thumb. Do you think I'd lose? Do you think I'd miss my thumb? I'll tell you, thumb. Who needs a thumb? If I lost an eye, would I miss that eye? I've got two. It's okay. We'll get by. If you weren't here playing your role, even as life changes and life does change and roles and capacities change, but if you aren't here, will you be missed? You should be missed if this is your church home because you belong. And if something belongs, it will be missed. And God has called us to be here at this time and this place for his purposes. See, what God calls Penno to do in 2019 is not what he's calling St. Mark's to do across the road. It's not what he's calling the Hillsong congregations to do or Epping Baptist to do. God is calling this body, this body of the Lord Jesus Christ, to do the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ with our unique contribution, and you are part of that. And we need you to contribute. So much more powerful together than we would be as individuals. The vacuum cleaner is so much more powerful than the suction head because by itself the suction head is useless. I am lead pastor in, at Pano here. I, I have an important role to play. And it's true, I do. It's a great responsibility and a great privilege. If I was the only one here, how powerful would our church be in doing the mission of Jesus? If I was the only one serving... If you were basically like a club and I just met all your needs, goodness me, save me, Lord. <laughs> How powerful would that be? If all of you were just like me and had my gifts and my failings, how powerful would that be? You'd be an emotional wreck. That's what you'd be. We need each other. I need your diversity. I need your weirdness. Just like you in a weird sort of way need mine. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. In accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. 
If it is to encourage, then please give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's leading, do it diligently. If it's showing mercy, do it cheerfully. And that's not a comprehensive list. But I'm sure you can find yourself in there somewhere. The body is alive. It needs to express its life by all the parts working together and none of the parts having a holiday or thinking that they are deserving of more honour. And the body is to be healthy. Because it's alive. And frankly, this church is the body of Christ. How can the body of Christ ever be unhealthy? What, what, what sin, what shame if a church is not healthy? You see, church health should be thoroughly normative for Christians. Because we're the body of Christ. And we'll be healthy when we follow what the head wants. Because frankly, here's what my head does. When I get an upset tummy, my head says, that's not right. Stop being upset. And I may not be able to fix it. But the head of our church is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are healthy when we do what he wants. We are healthy when we express his nature and his love. See, Paul goes on in this, this letter to the Romans, after all this stuff about the body, to express what it means for a church to be healthy when we are reflecting the character of Jesus. And it's so simple. There's nothing clever about these verses. And it's so thoroughly demanding. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another. That's the call on the church. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, like we've seen today. Keep that spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Even as Trish shared, be faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Church health 101. The easiest lesson you'll ever get and the hardest you'll ever get to apply. We are the light of the world, Jesus says. We are a city on a hill, plural. Together we are the light. We are showing the world, the body, what Jesus is like because we're his body. And we're to do that by caring for one another and by encouraging health amongst one another, particularly those who are ailing. You know what it's like when you're ailing? I've got an, ear, an earache. And I'm getting through the day with an earache and my ear doesn't stop being sore. I've broken my arm. Oh, that hurts like mad crazy. And so I protect it and I get, oh, I don't start straightening it out. I might need anesthetic for that. And then they put it in a cast and I protect it for six weeks. And the whole body looks after this arm that's broken for healing, for health. Sometimes it's painful, like the broken arm. Sometimes you'll get a cut, and to stop infection, you'll put iodine on that cut so that it doesn't spread and become worse. And that's, oh, don't do that. 
but it's for healing. Sometimes it hurts to choose health. But it's necessary because we are the body of Christ. Health, health must be a priority. Paul says in Galatians, carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. When part of you is hurting, Paul says to the Ephesians, instead what you are to do is speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth in love, and sometimes it will hurt. We will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. Here's another reference to us as the church, as the body of Christ. Growing up into the, him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and together, corporate, builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We're to grow up into Christ, that we become more like him because, frankly, we're his body. How can we not be healthy? And you belong, if this is your church home, if you're a follower of Jesus. This church family is to be a key part of your identity. And you are a key part of our health as we seek to reveal the nature of Jesus Christ, our Saviour, to the world. The very simple truth. We are the body of Christ. It's not just a poetic metaphor. It is a, an indisputable reality in the Scriptures. And how the challenge is, corporately, as we discuss... Personally, as you reflect, how are we reflecting the person of our Lord and Saviour? How are we doing His work, His will? I love this church. One of the things I love about it is that we are so diverse. I wish we were more diverse. Because I love that. And I think you love it too, most of you who call this home. We've got so many gifts, so much capacity. Praise God for that. And we have many people motivated and serving one another in love. And we need to continue to do that because we have needs in our body. You know, you've got to care for your kids in a family. And that takes special effort. So some of our formal ministries, out, we're wanting to form a club for children in years five and six on Friday afternoons. We need a female leader. It's not going to happen without a female leader. Someone who's got from four o'clock till 6.30 every Friday free. Low preparation, low effort. You've got to be there though. You've got to be caring for kids. Bubbles, particularly on Tuesday, our playgroup ministry, which gets heaps of people, is struggling because of a lack of leaders. Kids at Sunday Live, particularly for the older kids, is wanting more people to help look after our kids on Sunday morning and tell them about Jesus and spend time with them in relationship and not be sitting here and preparing every week for that. For pastoral care ministries, we've got a lot of people signing up for that, but there's a lot of people with needs. But it's not just the formal ministries of the church. What the church needs is people who will love one another, who will practice hospitality, who will share their faith, and even do that together with encouragement from others, who will pray, who will offer words of encouragement, who will cook meals, who will, you know, the greatest thing you have to offer in the body, and this doesn't matter where you are in your life, the greatest thing you can contribute to the body is you. And that means 
pulling off the protective veneers at times and letting you shine and letting you serve and letting us enjoy you because, frankly, you're a beautiful person. What a beautiful thing it is to love beautiful people. If you let yourself be loved and if you love in return, what a beautiful thing. That's church. That's the greatest contribution you can make. That is being part of the body. But if you turn up and I'm always a bit protective, I'm not going to give too much and I don't know if I can trust you and I'm not going to serve you because I don't know. Da, 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 da. We all suffer. And some people, some churches I suspect, and I hope not this church, but to some measure, some churches live in that world the whole time. We want you this year to find your place in the family of God over cups of coffee in this building, outside of this building to be part of this family, part of the church so we can be salt and light in the world so we can be the light of the world, a city on a hill. Let's work for a healthy body and let's help one another to belong as we even make our sacrifices to find our place where we belong. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for this church and the expression of your great kingdom purposes. Lord, we know that we are frail and fallible. We know that we're so imperfect. Help each one of us to make our contribution and enjoy life and love in this family, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.